Welcome to Military Network Radio, where we'll bring dynamic interviews and fresh information about topics affecting your quality of life at each stage of your military service. Join us each week for information of value that improves your outlook, actions, and encourages each member of the family, serving the military, their families, and those who care about them. Everyone serves, and together we make a difference. And now, here's your host, Linda Crater. Welcome to Military Network Radio. We are delighted to be with you today. I have with me today co-host Justin Constantine, and we have a wonderful program for you. We're going to be talking to Vets for Warriors, a confidential peer support helpline, fully staffed by military peers, family members, caregivers, mill spouses, and supported by licensed mental health clinicians. Confidential, formerly a government program, but is now transitioning to a public-private partnership organization. And we are honored and so pleased to have Major General Mark Graham, U.S. Army retired, with us today, as well as peer advisor Paul Capistranos. Welcome to Military Network Radio, both of you. Well, thanks, Linda. We appreciate appreciate you and Justin having us on. Well, we are very pleased because I know Justin and I have both helped people to find assistance at Vets for Warriors, mainly because being served by a peer is a unique way of connection, almost immediate connection, that cuts through some of the noise that people in crisis or people who just need help need. So I would love it if you could start with an overview of why peer support and why are you so deeply involved in this, Mark? Okay, thanks. Uh, again, first, thanks, Justin. Thank you for your service, my friend, and uh, <laughs> Linda, for all you do as well. Uh, you know, we uh, at Vet for Warriors, uh, we're unique in a, in a few ways. Uh, one is all of our peers are uh, veterans. Uh, we do have uh, family member peers and some caregiver peers, but uh, when, you, when you call Vets for Warriors or when you live chat, the person who answers the phone is a peer. Uh, so it's a live answer. There's no caller menus, no voicemail here. Within 20 seconds, a peer answers the phone, and that peer happens to be a veteran that's served. Um, and we have peers from all different uh, branches of the service, Army, Navy, Air Force, Marine Corps. We've got male and female peers, and we have peers that have been in operations from Vietnam all the way forward to the current fights in Iraq and Afghanistan. Uh, so we've got all the uh, demographics uh, covered here. So when you call Vets for Warriors... Uh, no matter what you're struggling with, no matter what you're going through, uh, you talk to somebody that's it's a stigma-free environment here, and we often say we're here to help, not judge. So no matter what someone's contacting us about, uh, we work with them and talk to them. And a key part of our program is once they call, we then work, and the, and the peers are great, and, and I'll embarrass Paul here, but he's one of our great peers. <laughs> but they, uh, they, they talk to the person that's calling about what's going on. And because it takes a lot for somebody to call or chat in and saying they're struggling or they're having a hard time. Right. Uh, so when they do call in, uh, we uh, the peers talk to them and then and they'll say, can I give you a call back? And uh, the vast majority of the time they say, yeah, that'd be good. And so we set up a time when we call them back when it's convenient for them. So and uh, on the and then I guess the norm, I would say, is the usually they'll talk to somebody between four and 16 times over a five or six month period. Now, some, some that call in, we talk to them less, to, uh, less than that. Some we talk to more, but that's about the average. And we've had a couple, some of our veterans that have called in, we've talked to, we've been talking to them for over a year or so. Uh, 
It just depends on whatever they need. And we, we, uh, we're here as long as they need us. And the idea is how do we help them work through what they're going through. I often tell people, uh, many people, many callers that call in, they feel like they're just being hit with all these stressors. And it's like a fire hydrant hitting them. And what the peers are very good at doing is, is helping them break that down into garden hoses. Mm-hmm. So let's take this on one at a time. Let's work together to go through this. And so we then help connect them to resources and to other organizations like yours and, and others out there that do wonderful things for what they need. But what we find is, is they still want to be connected to the peer. They, they love the peer connection, even though they're getting resources or getting help in other places, whether it's mental health care, whether it's financial or uh, family marital advice, whether it's housing issues, uh, transitioning to out of the service. All of our peers have transitioned, so they, they get it, and they get the real deal when they call here. The, these peers are veterans. They've been there. They've served. And like one of our, one of our testimonials is, is, you know what I like about you guys is there's no BS. You know, you mm-hmm. just tell me straight up what's going on, and they work together. Uh, and and I think that's to me that's one of the one of the key powers of uh, of what we do here, is the is the real it's real and it's uh, it's live. Uh, we don't uh, say we're going to call you back and not we call you back uh, when it's convenient for you. The other thing is uh, is that we're we're able to to track and make sure that uh, when they call back they don't have to keep telling their story over and over again, which sometimes frustrates them. So they're not they don't have to do that with us. And then we work we work to make sure that the we get the right peer. So if you call and say, I want to talk to a Marine veteran, then we, then we connect you to a Marine veteran. Uh, and then that's the person who will start calling you back as a Marine veteran. Or I want to talk to a, somebody that's been in the Army in combat and she is a female veteran. Okay, then we'll connect you to a female combat veteran from the Army. So we do the best we can, and we're, we're pretty successful at matching people up with someone they want. We had a guy calling one time and said, hey, I want to talk to somebody who's been in Fallujah. So we were able to connect them to one of our peers that had been in Fallujah. So uh, whatever their needs are, we do our best to match them up with it so that they have a quick connection. And our, our senior clinical supervisor is uh, Paige Grandison. She's wonderful. She's been doing uh, – she's been a clinician for years and years. And she says, you know, people tend to call and talk to peers, and they tell a peer more in one phone call than they'll tell a clinician in five or six sessions. True. And I said it's because they trust them. Because there's a media connection and there's a trust there. There's a camaraderie that you feel instantly. Uh, and, uh, you know, and that's why I'm here. And so you asked me uh, why I'm here, uh, and I don't want to go on too long. Uh, but, you know, I'm here. My wife and I sadly have lost two sons. Uh, we lost a son, Kevin, to suicide. Uh, he was a senior Army ROTC kid at the University of Kentucky, studying to be an Army doctor, was, the, was a, getting ready to be a senior selected to be the cadet battalion commander and had uh, was the top cadet uh, and took his own life. He was struggling with depression, and he didn't want to tell anybody, and so he masked his depression. He was on medication. He came off his medication because he didn't want the Army to find out about it. He was afraid he'd lose his scholarship, oh, and he just no. didn't tell people about it. He didn't even tell his brother and sister that he was struggling. Uh, but he sure he put on a, a face and an act that he couldn't tell. Uh, I saw him 30 days before he died when our other son, Jeff, graduated from college at the University of Kentucky with a degree in engineering. And I'd never seen Kevin physically. He looked better in his life. He was in the best shape of his life physically, but he was struggling mentally. But that's the invisible wounds you can't see. Mm-hmm. And then eight months after we lost our son, Kevin, our son, Jeff, was a second lieutenant armor officer on a foot patrol in Chaldea, Iraq, near Fallujah, and was killed by an IED. Uh, along, alongside uh, Specialist Roger Ling. Uh, and uh, Jeff died fighting uh, 
my boys died fighting different battles. Jeff was fighting the war in Iraq, and Kevin was fighting a, uh, a mental illness. And mental illness is real. It's uh, And we think our son thought he had a character flaw or something, and in fact he does not. Twelve years ago, we just didn't know enough about it uh, to know really much. And that's one thing we want to do is make sure people know whatever you're going through, there's help out there. You're never alone, and we tell those that call here, even after the, if they've called us and said, hey, thanks, you guys have helped me, I'm doing better, and they don't need any more follow-up calls, we always end by saying, hey, thanks for your service. And remember, you're never alone. You can always call us 24-7. There's always someone here. So we never shut down. We're always here, and we're always here for folks. You know, Mark, your story is so compelling, and I appreciate very much that you shared the personal aspects, because I think it shows not only that your staff is well-trained, well-selected, um, compassionate, caring, good, strong peers, but they have leadership that matters. And in my opinion, everything rises and falls on leadership. So having someone so personally invested in making sure that people are helped is another unique feature of Vets for Warriors because you've been there. And it, uh, we thank you very much for sharing that very strong story. Um, Paul, from your perspective, as you are working with Vets for Warriors, as the calls come in, do you have a prevalent number of calls or do, that come in a specific area? Or do they go across the board from, I need a resource here, or I, I really need some help, I'm, I'm feeling very down? Well, the calls do come across the board, but we do see a lot more calls, especially uh, recently regarding anxiety um, and mm -hmm. loneliness. Mm -hmm. And then usually along with that will follow depression. Um, we also see a lot of relationship calls as well, as well as calls dealing with um, just symptoms and issues regarding PTSD. Not surprising. And do you find that these are folks who have called other lines before and are reaching out to something different? Or did they call you specifically because of word of mouth? I'd say both, ma'am. But honestly, we do get a lot of calls where they say they've spoken to countless other uh, resources prior and just were not getting the results or they felt that they weren't being spoken to in, in a way that they appreciated. So now they contact Vets for Warriors and they don't get met with a, a wait time or a phone tree and they're speaking not with a mental health specialist but with up here with somebody who Sorry. they actually relate with. And there, a, there's so many times that they voice their amazement over that, that somebody just answered the phone and you're actually a veteran. It, <laughs> right. And I think that Mark made an excellent point, too, that when he said that you, you really go by, you help, not judge. That's huge. Yes, it is. You know, we think, find that the share, you know, uh, by uh, having a shared lived experience makes a difference. Uh, and the and the veteran and the peers here, uh, the peers here. You know, we hire the peers. They're all paid employees. So so we hire veterans to help other the, those that are serving and other veterans, which is a win win really. And mm -hmm. uh, so we hire them. They go through a, a two solid weeks of training. Then they do kind of left seat right seat ride or a shadow program, to where they sit with another peer and then they uh, get on their own. So they 
Now, they go through an extensive training program, and we use a reciprocal peer support model that's been used for 16 years in the call center that we're in. And our program, Vets for Warriors, has been around since December of 2011. Uh, so we've been around a while. We've, you know, had over 135,000 contacts now um, uh, with, with folks. And most of our, most, many of our contacts are outgoing because we call back, we follow up. Even if we say, you know, someone's struggling with finances, we get them to connect it to an organization that helps veterans or service members with finances. We follow up and say, hey, how'd the appointment go? How you doing? You know, did that help? Uh, and we get feedback from them, and they'll, they'll tell us honestly, you know, they didn't really help me much. And we'll say, well, let's look at some other way to help. Let's go, let's find another resource for you. And so we, uh, we're not really an information and referral line. We're a peer support line, but we help connect to those other organizations that do those other things very well. Uh, and then we stay connected with them as, uh, and we follow through. You know, the follow through is what is, is so completely unique because when people are having problems, it didn't arise overnight and it doesn't go away overnight. So a single phone call or even three or four phone calls doesn't necessarily solve the issue, but the follow up is very, very unique. And we have about 30 seconds until our first break. In terms of calling people back, is there a, an optimal time and how how does that work? Well, they it's up to them. They the peer asks them, "What's a good time for me to call you back?" Perfect. So it's at their convenience, not ours. Whatever works best for them. If they say, "Hey, you know, it's better if you call me back around eight o'clock on Thursday nights," then we then the peer schedules callbacks for eight o'clock on Thursday nights. Ideal. Um, and That's we work perfect. it that way, and then we uh, make sure that whoever's going to call them back is on shift at Thursday night. We work three eight hour shifts a day. So we're always learning. We're always getting better. We're always learning about more resources because each shift has a shift change briefing, just like we're in the military. Perfect. Um, Hold that thought. We're going to go on break. And I I hate to break in, but we're going on break, and we'll be right back continuing our discussion with Vets for Warriors. We're Military Network Radio, and we'll be right back after these short messages. Welcome to Toginet, radio with a cutting edge. In today's business world, a helping hand or idea that doesn't come with an invoice is a treasured find. And if that happens to you, then you need to pay it forward to keep other entrepreneurs from making mistakes or getting a raw deal. It's called Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi. Wednesday mornings at 10, 9 a.m. Central, Josephine is going to have the guests describe their accomplishments, the lessons they've learned, both good and bad, and then sharing those pieces of knowledge as we create a movement of Paying It Forward. For more information about Josephine, her business and background, you can go to MyMomKnowsBest.com. Josephine Girasi has always been a problem solver. She saw this need and has turned it into a movement. It's Paying It Forward with tips, tools, and advice and hard lessons learned. These pieces of knowledge can make a huge difference for you, your business, and others. So join us for Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi, Wednesday mornings at 10 a.m., 9 a.m. Central on Doginet.com. Everybody, everybody. Welcome back to Military Network Radio, serving the military, their families, and those who care about them. Together, we make a difference. Welcome back to Military Network Radio. We're here with Vets for Warriors and Mark Graham and Paul Capistranos on the break. Justin, you had a question for them. Yeah, thanks, Linda. Hey, Paul, I'd love to hear. Well, first of all, Mark, um, I'm really excited that you're here today. Obviously, you and I go back a couple of years. Um, 
it's hard for me to, to listen to your personal backstory because, as I told you before, your son and I served in the same area of, of Iraq, and um, I felt a close connection with both your sons after reading the book um, about what your family went through. Uh, I know it's not easy to talk about this stuff, so thank you so much, sir, for being here. Paul, I'm interested to hear your background in the military, how you became one of the peers at Vets for Warriors, and then I probably have some follow-up questions for you after that as well. Uh, yes, sir. Um, I served five years in the United States Marine Corps. I uh, got out as a sergeant. I, I went to both OIF and OEF. Um, I was in 0311. And after I got out, I, I went through my own issues in, with, with various things. And I, I came upon this job one time, and just looking at the, the requirements in the description, it very much resembled one of my favorite parts of being in the military, especially being a, a leader within a small unit, and that, that was the mentoring and, and just the taking care of and, and looking after and supporting veterans. So I took it upon myself to, to apply, and very quickly I was pleasantly uh, met with that I'm pretty much doing one of the things I enjoyed most of while I was in the military. Okay, that, that makes a lot of sense. Um, you said you're 0311, so for our viewers, our listeners out there, that means you're in, in the Marine Corps Infantry, and you served in Iraq and Afghanistan, right? Yes, sir. Okay, and so as a sergeant, you're, you're used to leading small teams and being responsible for other people. So I understand, or I imagine, that the job you have now is just as fulfilling as it was when you were in the Marine Corps. Yes, sir. That's fantastic. Um, so what kind of training did they put you through there so you could be a really effective peer? Uh, we go through a two-week training phase. Uh, during that phase, we, we get a, an explanation of exactly what is reciprocal peer support, uh, the different types of scenarios you might go through, how you might want to handle them, um, the ability to ask for help if and when you need it, uh, what the clinicians are there for, uh, to, you know, to use them when you need their, their tool for the toolbox. And then after that, you spend some time sitting side by side with other peers, listening in on, on their calls, seeing how they handle different types of calls. You learn about active listening and how to exactly be an active listener, meaning you listen more than you talk. That, that kind of helps the, the callers be able to feel like they can connect and that they aren't being judged. Um, but as you're sitting with the other peers and learning how they deal with the calls, you get placed in the seat, you get the phone, and, and you're working. And then once you're felt that you can handle the calls by yourself, they allow you to go and do your job. Were you nervous at first? Very. Yeah, because you have a lot of responsibility there. Yes, sir. Um, did you feel after a couple of weeks, though, of working with the other veterans there that you felt, felt pretty good about taking the calls? I felt very, very confident in my abilities, sir. Um, I, I would like to thank the Marine Corps, though, very much for that. I think it instilled me with a lot of tools um, that, that I use daily now, and that makes help, or helps make uh, my day-to-day -day work a little bit easier. But I'm learning every day. Every day I come here, there's something different. There's something for me to learn. 
Yeah, I'm, I imagine because uh, we're dealing with people and everything's, you know, there's always layers and layers of issues to work through. Um, you know, I think, I think one thing that's really unique and great about Vesture Warriors is we have folks like you who, uh, who have been there on the front lines and, and in, in uh, combat, but also dealt and helped their Marines and soldiers deal with domestic issues here at home. But it's not just you. You have these licensed clin uh, clinicians. So talk a little bit about how you work with them to help solve some of these issues. Uh, some of our callers have uh, extensive uh, mental behavioral health issues, and in that event, the clinicians are there to help you understand what is it they might be going through, what they might be thinking about. Because sometimes you deal with callers that aren't exactly nice, but the clinician's there to explain to you that it's a condition, it's something's going on, and they help open your mind and let you look outside of a box that you yourself, you know, are, are limited to. So they help um, expand the way we, we look at and we deal with the clients. And in the event that we get uh, crisis calls, which we do every once in a while, the clinicians are right there making sure that you know you're not, do, you're, deal, you're not dealing with this alone and also giving you that professional and that, that guidance that comes with their education. Can you think of a specific example that you could share, obviously anonymously, but uh, where, where someone, a veteran has called in and you've helped and, and also relied on uh, one of these uh, clinical uh, psychiatrists or to help out with that? Uh, yes, sir. Um, actually, one of my most uh, recent and in, intense interactions with a client. Uh, it was a prior Army individual. He'd gotten out. He said he was having transitional issues. He started school. He felt like he was surrounded by people much younger than him and that he was, he was used to being a staff sergeant. He was used to being in charge, and now he felt like he was at the bottom rung of the ladder again. Those yeah. issues uh, proceeded to make him very angry. His anger turned into his rage, and rage then flowed into his relationship, causing severe problems there. Mm -hmm. uh, with speaking to him and connecting with him, uh, me and him were both prior infantry, um, and I spoke to him and gave him some of my own issues that I had regarding transitional issues and within a relationship that I was having, and that it's not the end of the world. This does happen. You're not weird. You're not different. And you know what? I commended him on reaching out and getting help and explained to him that that's strength right there. Yeah, you're right. Upon that, he uh, ex expressed to me that he's very scared for the night to come. At that point, uh, that threw up a red flag. I signaled one of the clinicians. They came over, and I asked him what exactly he meant by that. He admitted that he had a M9 pistol on his lap, and every mm -hmm. night he had been severely contemplating using it. Um, at that point, the clinician uh, supervising, I requested that he disassemble the pistol. He did. He made sure that it was no longer a threat by locking it up. And with the clinician's help, we, we came upon some uh, tools, some, gave him some resources, and came up with a plan to make sure that he was 100% safe and he was going to continue to be safe and that he was going to get the help that he needed. Well, great story. Yeah, that, that's that's pretty amazing, and I guess that's the uh, best case scenario that you could ask for. He opened up to you based on your common experience, and you were able to use what you know and uh, of the um, of your professional help there as well to make sure that he got exactly what he was looking for. 
Yes, sir. He's now um, very happily connected with a counselor in the, the vet center in his area, and I do keep in contact with him, and he's very gracious about the continuing peer support. That's good. You know, maybe one day uh, he'll he'll be a peer uh, with you guys or unofficially. Absolutely. It yeah. seems that life experience is, is a big part uh, with being a peer, sir. Um, it kind of helps you to be able to relate, but also to use the life experience to, to help the, these callers know that, you know, it's not just going to be okay because I'm saying it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay because I've been there and I might not have gone through exactly what you went through, but I received help. I'm better for it. And, you know, there's no reason why it can't be the same for you as long as you keep reaching out and you keep getting help. Yeah, I think that's a, I think that's a great message because, uh, you know, I, I talk a lot, as Mark knows, about PTSD and, and the counseling I went through for my PTSD. And, and, and so I get invited to talk to a lot of veterans and service members. In fact, I'm getting ready to go over to Okinawa uh, to talk to a couple thousand Marines there pretty soon. But um, I say, look, here, what I went through is what I went through. And, and I just know my experience, but I know that I reached out for help. And it took a while. It took a year and a half. Uh, it took a lot of effort. But here I am on the other end, uh, and I'm much better for it. And so that's why I can encourage others to do the same. It might be a different path, but asking for help is at the bottom of it. And I think that's exactly what you're advising your folks to do, too. Yes, it is, sir. Thank you. And I just want to take a moment thank you for your service. And also thank you very much for what you do. Well, it's, it's individuals such as yourself that, that keep, keep the ball rolling and set such a high example for the abilities of veterans in this country and, and what we can offer and what we can provide. Well, thanks, Paul. Uh, but I want, <laughs> I want to focus on you. <laughs> you, you <have> more. <laughs> Poor <laughs> Justin. He's not very comfortable when he's complimented, oh. but you're absolutely right. And what he's not also telling you is he's also involved now with a new nonprofit that will be working with all of the issues that surround transitioning veterans, employment, uh, male spouse issues, etc. So Justin is departing on not just his uh, inspirational, motivational speeches to others, corporations, and groups, but he's also going to be giving back in a, a peer manner way with some of those same transitioning issues. So what you're seeing is a growing movement of using peers in so many different ways, but what you're underlying thread running through all of this is trust and the familiar experience as you already mentioned but when someone trusts you they will reach out to you and i think the most compelling part of vets for warriors in addition to the peer connection piece is the continuing follow-up and outreach that is something that is really lacking in the world even among friends people mean to call you back but they don't so your very disciplined manner of setting up a time convenient for them, shows compassion and support, and you do it. And that's half the battle. Would you say that that's a pretty good summarization? Uh, yes, ma'am. <laughs> I definitely would. Absolutely. And, you know, it's interesting that sometimes the first follow-up call they make, they oftentimes they'll hear a reaction is, wow, you, actually, you really did call me back. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, I think they're kind of surprised that we actually do call them back, you know. And when, so the first time they'll, they'll call back, then, you know, they hear that often. They'll say, yeah, you know, I heard it again today. Yeah, wow, man, you really did call me back. Thanks. 
Well, it says to them that they matter. And often people in, especially mental health crisis, believe they don't matter anymore. They're a burden to someone. It's just not worth it. You know, I'm in pain. This just isn't making sense. So what you're bringing to the table is something that is so incredibly important. And it, we can't go into it before the break, but I would love to come back in our next section and talk a little bit about how, in addition to vets talking to vets, you also have military spouses talking to military spouses, caregivers talking to caregivers, and family members talking to family members. Peer support at all levels really does help a great deal to make things a lot simpler for people. So I would love it if we could talk about that in the next segment. Are you amenable to that? Sure, that's fine. Terrific. You're listening to Military Network Radio, and we will go on commercial break for a short while. You're listening to Vets for Warriors with Major General Mark Graham and Peer Advisor Paul Capistranos, and we will be right back. We're Military Network Radio, and we'll be right back after these short messages. Congratulations on being the proud owner of an adorable, soft, cuddly, sweet-smelling, smiling, cooing, hungry, tired, gassy, screaming little bundle of joy. So now what? Where's the owner's manual for this thing? Where are my instructions? Right here. It's baby and toddler instructions with Blythe Lippman on toginet.com. Infant care specialist Blythe Lippman has worked with babies for over 20 years and works extensively with new parents providing workshops, in-home visits, tips, and daily phone calls to ease those frazzled nerves. With baby and toddler instructions, you can get the advice you need on how to survive and enjoy your baby's first year. For more information on Blythe and how she can help you, go to babyinstructions.com. From 32 ways to stop a baby from crying to 14 ways to get a baby to eat and so much more, it's baby and toddler instructions with Blythe Lippman on toginet.com. Welcome to Toginet, radio with a cutting edge. Welcome back to Military Network Radio, serving the military, their families, and those who care about them. Together, we make a difference. Welcome back to Military Network Radio. We continue our conversation with Vets for Warriors. And Mark, perhaps you could speak to an issue that I know resonates with so many people who want to reach out for help but who are fearful. It says confidential. Can you talk about whether it's truly confidential? I can. Um, I certainly do so. And, and right, as, right as I get to that, I want to make sure everybody out, uh, out there knows that uh, confidentiality is very important to us because you, oftentimes they, most people that call us call us because they trust our peers, mm-hmm. and they definitely can do that uh, because it is confidential. We do not share their information with anyone uh, when a caller calls, they don't have to tell us their real name. They don't have to tell us their uh, rank in the military. They don't have to tell us where they live. Uh, some people say, well, you know where they live by their phone number. But, you know, with cell phones today, you know, you never really know where somebody is based on their phone number. So, you know, we'll, we'll often ask them, you know, periodically we'll ask them some questions. But we don't ask them 20 questions when they call. We just have a conversation with them. And they can offer us little as much information as they want. The key for us is how, how can we support you? How can we be here to help you get through what you're going through? Uh, and so we're not worried about all the other pieces. I mean, so confidentiality is very important to us, and we hold that very dear. We do have a duty to warn, uh, 
uh, you know, we're created by the American, Associ- uh, American Association of Suicidology. Uh, so we do, you know, do have a duty to warn if someone is, in fact, suicidal and has said they have a plan and the means. Uh, then, of course, the, the number one priority is to make sure we help uh, keep them safe and alive. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, confidentiality is, is very key to us. And if you ask me what are the two key words for Vets for Words, I'd say trust and confidentiality. Uh, agreed. And that's one reason why they do reach out to you and, and why they call and why they are so unbelievably surprised when you call them back, because that is not the norm. So those are very, very important points for people to note, because please feel free to call Vets for Warriors, because it is really a, a very safe place to air whatever is bothering you. Um, either Paul or Mark, I'm very intrigued by the fact that you have not forgotten the vets from prior eras. As you know, so many programs really focus only on the post-9-11 vets, which is a, a large bolus right now. But our Vietnam vets, Gulf War vets, Cold War vets even, are struggling because of other either aging issues, uh, untreated PTSD, um, relationship issues, just like everyone else. Perhaps you can speak a bit about that aspect of things, because that is a very important part in today's world. The Vietnam vets, especially, did not receive the treatment that the current vets do when they return. Yeah, thanks, Linda. That's a great question. And and I think one thing that sometimes uh, is forgotten is, you know, military service itself is, is a tough profession. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's tough and it's very dangerous. And you see training accidents and you see things and you go through things just in the training. Uh, when you get into combat, of course, it goes to a much higher, different level. But it's just dangerous work anytime when you're training out there doing live fire and you're training with heavy equipment and machinery uh, and people at night in, the, in bad weather. I mean, it's, it's a dangerous environment. So we do have callers that call from all different eras, some, some of which who have never deployed. Uh, but they've been in the military. We are seeing an increase in callers from the Vietnam era. Uh, hmm. I think they're opening up more because, frankly, I think they've made a connection so va- valiantly with our uh, post-9-11 veterans. I think the young veterans now and the uh, veterans from the Vietnam era have really made a connection because the Vietnam era veterans have really supported this generation of veterans, uh, of combat veterans and warriors and those that are serving and to make sure they get treated right. And so I think there's a real connection there. So we're seeing that some of our Vietnam veterans are now opening up and feel more comfortable asking for help and talking about what their struggles are. And we've, you know, we've got examples. We've got some Vietnam veterans uh, uh, here in our call center that are peers, and some of the stories they have are, are just heartbreaking. Uh, you know, we had a, a gentleman one day. He said, you know, I've been struggling with this for over 30 years, and he goes, and now I'm finally talking about it. And he said, I just wish I'd have called somebody sooner and talked to somebody sooner. Uh, but he feels much better now. And it just breaks your heart to think, you know, you know, it, it, there wasn't something out there for him before. He didn't feel comfortable enough to call somebody and ask for help before. You know, that's it's so important. And I need to go back to what I mentioned before the break because it also relates to this. Uh, we were talking about the fact that you also, in addition to veteran peer advisors, have family and caregiver, family member, male spouses and caregiver peer advisors as well. I'd love it if you could tell a story or two or explain how much that value adds to this line. Yeah, I think that, uh, thank you. That's a, it is an important part. You know, one of the things when Vets Warriors first started in 2011, uh, it, was, it was not for family members. They, you know, they, 
they weren't listed as able to call, but that, that changed quickly because um, we knew family members are so critical it had to include family members. So the, the most the majority of the family members that call are either spouses or moms. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, everybody's mom's worried about them when they're in the military, and spouses call. Oftentimes spouses call not just about – they'll call about their, their spouse, worried about their uh, husband or wife that's in the military – but many times they call and just say, you know, I'm having a rough time. I got two or three kids at home. You know, my husband's deployed, you know, or my wife's deployed. And I'm just having a real crappy day, you know, and I just wanted somebody to talk to. Mm-hmm. And, and then the, the peer on this end, who's also a family member or, you know, a military family member, can say, yeah, I get that. I understand that. You know, I've been with you. I mean, I've been in FRG meetings, and I just feel like, I, you know, I could or could not open up or – I didn't feel like I was comfortable talking to somebody else that I knew, but this is the way I can talk to somebody that, and interestingly enough, we had one uh, one lady that called in and she said, you know, I want to talk to somebody I'm never going to meet and I don't know. Good point. <laughs> and and she said, I can just unload and tell you everything, and I feel I just feel better being able to talk to somebody else who understands what I'm going through. And as Paul said, the peers t- uh, do it. Our, our clinicians are in charge of all of our training, and one of the best trainings I've seen that they do, and they do this in the initial one, but then we do refresher training monthly. We have a topic, and one of them was active listening, and uh, sometimes they just, you know, they just need to talk and just get it out, I guess, and uh, so uh, one spouse, but I'll have to tell you a story. We had, uh, you talk about family members. We had a grandmother call, Mm -hmm. and she said she got a Facebook note from her son, from her grandson, uh, who was stationed overseas, and I won't say where. But he was stationed overseas, and I won't say what his job was, but she was worried about him because he was Facebook messaging her and saying some things that were scaring her. So she said she called four other places, and finally she found our number and called us. And she asked the peer, she said, would, would, you, would you see if you can help find my grandson? I'm worried about him. And so the, the, the peer said, yes, ma'am, I'll, I'll contact, I'll, I'll see what we can do. So the peer started working through that and, and finally got a hold of uh, – to the organization in the in the country where he was serving, and the chain of command went down and, and got with this young man and and I will tell you, uh, we've had wonderful success with chains of command, going in and helping service members that have, uh, we've contacted them because the service members reached out to someone else or to us, because uh, we know we don't call the straight we don't call the chain of command unless you know in the extenuating circumstances. But in this case, she was so worried about him because of what he had said to her. So he he contacted his grandmother back. We never talked to the service member, but we the grandmother contacted us back and thanked us so much for reaching out. And she said he asked me, Grandma, please don't ever do that again. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, the grandmother said, you know what? She said, my grandson told me, you know, Grandma, I know you love me and care about me, but now I know a lot of other people out there care about me too, and they're and they're here for me. And he said, thanks for doing that. So that you know that made the 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 peer feel very, very good about what, uh, what she does. I'm, I'm very pleased that you say you've had good success with chain of command, because I think that all the public service amount announcements, you know, talk about coming forward, et cetera. But I think in real life, people are not sure of the experience that they're going to have. Can you speak a little more about that? I can, you know, we don't, we don't do that very often. I mean, it's a, it's a really rare where we'd ever do that, but in a situation where the, it's a life and death situation, or we, for example, we had one uh, one situation where a spouse called, and her husband was uh, had had post traumatic stress clearly, and was was being violent at the home, and, and was it was really bad, and 
So the clinician got involved, talked to the peer, and the peer said to the to the to the wife who called in to the spouse. Uh, he said, "Ma'am," he said, "either." Either we need to call the local police or the chain of command because we need to get you help for your protection, and we also need to get your husband some help. And he, she, we asked her, which would you rather prefer? And she said, call the chain of command. And she told us the unit, so we called the chain of command. The uh, first sergeant of the unit got over there quickly, took care of the situation, uh, and they, they, uh, they took the service member uh, onto the installation, got him into care, and the peer continued to follow up with the spouse. And then eventually the service member called back and started talking to Perry himself. So that worked out wonderfully. Uh, but we asked her what she'd prefer because we were worried about her safety as well. Well, that's, that's incredible because that's, that's a, a best-case scenario. You know, you were able to keep it in-house and take care of both people in this situation and, and to make sure there weren't any negative long-term effects from stepping in. Um, I'm, I'm impressed with that, Mark and Paul, and I'm, I'm impressed with a couple other things, like, as we've been saying, the fact that you're focusing, one of your focuses on uh, the spouses and also the caregivers, because I feel like those are both uh, the unsung heroes uh, in, in the military community. Like, we, we focus on the warriors, and I understand why that is. There's a lot of, um, seems to me, talk about um, how we value the families and the spouses and everyone else. But I think a lot of those folks feel like they're they're serving too. And I think they feel like they don't really get the same care and respect because it just doesn't exist all the time. You clearly have identified it as something important. And that must go a long way with the folks who, who call you. Same with the Vietnam vets. I feel that my heart mm -hmm. breaks when I think about them because yes. You know, they, they've suffered for so long, yet today's generation has so many things in place because of those Vietnam vets. Um, I guess that leads me up to one quick question I have. We have a couple minutes before our break. But you, you said earlier that when people call you, you talk to them, and you also refer them to other groups that might be able to support them better. How do you find those groups, and how can those groups identify themselves to you to be on your radar? Uh, uh, one is like finding out about, you know, you're starting a nonprofit that's going to help folks transitioning. Uh, we talk yes. to the organizations and they talk to us and, and we just get to know each other and we share. And then, and frankly, we, we go through a, uh, our own vetting process with them. You know, we, we, uh, we check or we'll call the line, you know, we'll call their line separately and check and see what the service is like, uh, till we feel, until we feel comfortable about it. Or if somebody here has a personal connection with someone that, in that organization, uh, and then, frankly, we also talk to the, the peers that we refer to organizations, and we, as we follow up, we ask them, how, you know, you know, how was it? You know, did they, uh, did, were they able to help you out? And we get feedback from them. And if we get feedback from them that's not positive feedback, then we uh, don't refer people to that organization any longer. Yeah, that makes sense. Have you have you had good success in finding a wide variety of groups you can refer people to? We really have. We've uh, found a, a big variety and. And oftentimes, like, especially if, if somebody calls in their active duty still, or they're, uh, if they're active duty, they'll call, and they don't want to go on base or on post for care. Right. Uh, so we offer them community-based care, and then what we do is we find something in their local community to connect them with so they can get the care. The key is to get them to the care, and uh, many of them would just rather go off post uh, or off base. And so we work with them to get them to community-based care. Uh, and then also uh, 
National Guard and reservists when they call. We don't, you know, the other thing Mark? we don't do is we don't qualify you. So we don't, if you call and you say Excuse you serve. Excuse me, Mark. I'm so sorry. I have to break in. We'll come back after break, and I especially do want to hear about the National Guard and Reserve. We're going on break. You're listening to Military Network Radio, and we will be right back. We're Military Network Radio, and we'll be right back after these short messages. Homeschooling? Have questions? Get your pen and paper ready. It's the sociable homeschooler, Vivian McNinney. Fridays at 5, 4 central on toginet.com. After a handsome blue-eyed Texan fell in love with Vivian at the Victoria Station in London, she found herself at DFW Airport with a tiny suitcase and a snazzy little duffel bag. Well, 25 years later, she is now happily married to that blue-eyed cowboy. They have four grown children, ages 24 to 18, who became willing guinea pigs when she unwittingly stumbled upon the world of homeschooling. Wildflower Academy flourished for 15 years. They survived and thrived, and you can too. Vivian will be covering a wide range of issues that face homeschoolers. What do you do with kids in the summer? How to set up your one-room schoolhouse? How obedience is paramount? And what to do with those snakes? Plus, you'll be sharing ideas and insights that you gleaned from other homeschoolers. So join us for an engaging hour with a sociable homeschooler. Vivian McNinney, Friday afternoons at 5, 4 central on toginet.com. In today's business world, a helping hand or idea that doesn't come with an invoice is a treasured find. And if that happens to you, then you need to pay it forward to keep other entrepreneurs from making mistakes or getting a raw deal. It's called Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi. Wednesday mornings at 10, 9 a.m. Central, Josephine is going to have the guests describe their accomplishments, the lessons they've learned, both good and bad, and then sharing those pieces of knowledge as we create a movement of Paying It Forward. For more information about Josephine, her business, and background, you can go to MyMomKnowsBest.com. Josephine Girasi has always been a problem solver. She saw this need and has turned it into a movement. It's Paying It Forward with tips, tools, advice, and hard lessons learned. These pieces of knowledge can make a huge difference for you, your business, and others. So join us for Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi, Wednesday mornings at 10 a.m., 9 a.m. Central on DougieNet.com. Welcome back to Military Network Radio, serving the military, their families, and those who care about them. Together, we make a difference. Welcome back to Military Network Radio. We're continuing our discussion with Vets for Warriors. Right before the break, Mark, you were talking about National Guard and Reserve, and I wonder if you would speak to what you were saying before we had to go on break. Uh, absolutely. You know, I, uh, I was fortunate enough in, in the Army, when I was a colonel, the Army sent me out to California to command a National Guard brigade. Uh, for the, it was the first time the Army had done this uh, with an active duty guy. So I learned a lot about the National Guard and saw a lot of close friends and relationships with folks in the Guard. So I had a real connection with the National Guard that I never appreciated before, and I still, still have that. And then in some other jobs I had, I worked a lot, with, of course, with the Reserves. Uh, in some of the jobs. So one of the key things we find is, is the Guard and Reserve, oftentimes, unless they're on orders, actively drilling or on orders, there's not, uh, sometimes there's not as much support there for them. States have support for them, but oftentimes, you know, it's, they, they struggle with where to go and how to get help. Uh, and that's one of the things that we can help them with. They can call here and talk to our peers, and we can help connect them to resources in their state or national resources that are local for them to support them. We don't qualify, you know, whether you're on status or on orders or not. If you call and say you, you're serving, you know, you're in the Guard, Reserves, you're active duty, you're a veteran, we, we don't qualify you in any way. We just talk to you. And 
we help and get you connected to whatever resources uh, you need and, uh, and work with you and follow up. You know, that is especially important for a group that is not always together. They drill together, but they're not always together and have that same unity that others do. I, I know that you mentioned that um, there was a very interesting follow-up call that you had with a National Guardsman at one point. We, uh, we, we had a, a call one time uh, from a service member uh, who called and uh, was really struggling hard. So the peer talked to him and, and said, hey, you know, you know, I'd like to, you know, I'd like to follow up and call you back. And the service member said, okay. Um, so they set up a callback. So the peer called uh, this service member back six times. Mm. Uh, I think it was like every two weeks he was calling him. So he called six times, left a message every time, uh, never got an answer. And so uh, the seventh time he called, the phone picked up. And the service member answered. Mm. And so they talked for a few minutes, and uh, the conversation was going going well. Uh, and near the end of the call, the service member said something that, that I'll never forget. And uh, and I'm only saying this because the supervisor told me this. The peer never would have said this because they're, they're all so humble. Uh, the supervisor came up and told me about it. But at near the end of the call, the, the, uh, the, the caller told the peer, he said, you know, I've heard all six of your messages you've left me before. You're the only one who's called me back. You're the only one who continued to check up on me. And he goes, thanks for calling me today. He goes, because of you, there's one, there's one less dead service member today. And he said his branch, and I won't say it. But he mm. said, but because of you, there's one, one, one less dead service member today. Uh, and he said his branch. And uh, that impacted us all pretty deeply when he said that. I mean, so the peers realize, I mean, the impact they have and how important following up and continuing to call, even if they don't answer. So oftentimes they're struggling alone and out there, and they listen to that message. So at least they know there's somebody there. And we always leave our number at the end of the call so they know they can always call us back. And we tell them, look, you're never alone. Give us a call anytime. That's a, that's a really emotional story. I mean, I'm, I'm literally almost in tears just thinking about – I'm picturing that service member listening to those messages mm-hmm. and what must have been going through his mind every time if he was close enough to be considering suicide and the fact that it was just this one person who kept reaching out to him that, that kept, him, uh, kept him here. And, I mean, incredible is not the right word. It's just it's so powerful. And, I, and, you know, we've seen time and time again that so many of our reservists and guardsmen are struggling with these issues because they're not on an active duty base, you know, and mm-hmm. this is a big challenge for the DOD because when you're near a base or on a base, you've got all these support systems around you, but so many of our service members live in rural America or live in small towns, and if they're just seeing each other at drill once a month at the most, I mean, they're just disconnected from really the military environment, which could be the strongest positive influence in their lives. So. A resource like yours is cutting through that, and we've already said it several times today, but I just think it's, it's incredible what, what you're doing and the impact you're having on, on these lives. Well, thanks, Justin. Well, you know, interestingly enough, you all are talking about the culture of Vets for Warriors, and it's the culture that is continued on from service with camaraderie, with unity, with communication and connection. And I think that's what makes this program so very strong and powerful, as Justin just mentioned, 
because it's not just the the thought of the program and being a helpline. Clearly, the culture at Vets for Warriors that resonates right through. When you get a success story like that, I imagine that really does add air underneath the wings. Absolutely, it definitely reinforces the the peers, and they, they feel good about their work, and because um, they take some tough calls. And oftentimes, you know, you never know down the road what results happen. You know, you never know the impact. But uh, sometimes they do get feedback like that that really make, helps them appreciate the work they do. I tell them all the time. But, you know, they get tired of hearing me tell them how great they are all the time. <laughs> well, I don't think they'll ever get tired of that. I think there's also something that sets you apart that really resonated with me and is that you do your very best so that the person calling in doesn't have to tell their story again and again and again because that does not make you feel special when you have to tell your story again, bring it all dredged back up. So the fact that you work not only to have the follow-up but to make sure that someone's story doesn't have to be told and retold, which can be very painful, that is an amazing feature and benefit of your program. I'm glad, I'm glad you mentioned that, Lynn, because I wanted to ask more, or comment to Mark as well because, you know, I've, I've had a couple dozen surgeries and, since my injury, and it seems like so many times I've had to explain, whether it was to a doctor or a nurse or, a, you know, someone with mental health, what happened and what's happened since the injury. And as you said, drag them back up and, mm-hmm. you know, I get tired of talking about what happened. It's not a, it's not a great experience. I'm sure um, every other wounded warrior who's listening can can relate to this. And so the fact that you take careful notes and don't need to bring that up and can just pick up where the last gear left off is is a game changer, really. Mark is speechless. <laughs> no, I appreciate it. Thanks. I mean, uh, and, and we do find that out that they do they do appreciate that we don't. They don't have to bring it back up. So, you you know, you all made the point for us. We appreciate it. What kind of, what kind of feedback have you received from, uh, you know, active duty folks who have turned, who have pointed their service members and their command over to, to your organization? You know, it's interestingly enough, uh, one of the challenges was has been getting the word out. Uh, and that's why we appreciate the program today helping us do that because we've had so many uh, from all the services, uh, active guard, reserve, and veterans, saying, you know, how can we didn't know about this before? You know, you know, if I'd known about this before, I'd have called sooner. Uh, so, yeah. and we hear that mainly in the active duty force, like, hey, how come we didn't know about this? How come we don't know? So, uh, helping us get the word out is really key because there, are, we all know there are a lot of people out there that are struggling. We want to let them know they're not alone. They, there's somebody here to help. What do you do to advertise it so people can find out about you? Are you well, part we've of started, uh, we've uh, transitioned from a uh, public uh, funded to a public-private funding source. So uh, we're now going to uh, send out pocket cards to those uh, out there. We're on social media. We're on Twitter. We're on Pinterest. Uh, we're, we're on Facebook. We're working the Facebook address now. Uh, and then, of course, we have a website, vetsforwarriors.com. It's V-E-T-S, the number four, warriors.com. Uh, so we're continuing to get the word out. So anybody who wants materials can contact us, go to our website, contact us or call and ask for materials. And so we're going to do social media, plus uh, we'll try to get to some key events and uh, have some peers there. 
Yeah, I, th I think that's great if you're part of, you know, because there are different alliances out there and, and bigger groups, as Linda kind of mentioned, groups working together. You can have some of your peers there, with, you know, to show some great representation. Uh, and Because and really, more and more people need to hear about what you're doing. Um, you, you, you mentioned a couple of things earlier on that I kind of wanted to um, talk about, but I I want to wait and see if Linda has another question before I take. I feel like I'm taking up a lot of time here. No, I'll take up the close. You go ahead and ask your question. Okay. Um, when you mentioned that you, you know, you're hiring all veterans to do these who are peers, of course, and so that's fantastic because not only are you providing a great service to the people on the other end of the phone, but you're hiring veterans. So, how do you find uh, the veterans who might want to be peers? Uh, great question. Uh, we're connected to Rutgers University, so uh, the university uh, HR process is what we use, but they go out to different veteran uh, job sites and post the positions out there as well, so they don't just do it through the university's normal sites. They go out to some of the veteran sites uh, and post the jobs out there, so we get a good cross-section of veterans uh, from all over. And then they contact us, they apply, we screen their applications and talk to them, and then we bring them in for interviews and then we make the selection from there. Okay, so and you've had good success that way, finding good peers, obviously. Yeah, we really have, and uh, and we've got over, you know, we've got over forty uh, veterans right now working as peers in the call center, and uh, we have a very low turnover rate, and uh, and frankly, we've only had one or two that we've hired that uh, just couldn't do the work, just didn't connect. Uh, yeah. So we feel pretty really good about the process. You know, I, I think we are so pleased to be able to share more uh, about this to vets, about Vets for Warriors to our audience. I think it's extraordinarily important. You know, I work with families. Justin works with vets and families. It, it is a big, it's, it's actually a small group that does big things, all of us. When we work together, it's a much bigger, stronger group. But I think Vets for Warriors provides something very unique. And I want to make sure that our listeners have the phone number. It's 855-838-8255. You can also find them on the web at Vets, the number four, Warriors, vets4warriors.com. And we didn't note it, but we'll make certain that we do now. You can call them. You can also chat, online chat with them, and you can email them. So it gives you many options. And never forget that remarkable follow-up component that they add to everything. Mark, are there words that you'd like our listeners to know? Well, I would, first off, to all the listeners, thank you for those out there that are, that are serving and those that have served and also for all the families and caregivers that are out there, because you as well are serving and have served and are continuing to do the hard, tough work, and we thank you for that. And uh, we're here 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We never close. Uh, we have a big generator out back, so we never lose power. We're always here for you. So you're never alone, and uh, please call. Please call. We're here for you. If this show resonated with you, please go to warrior, vetsforwarriors.com and show them your support. Thank you so much for listening today. This is Military Network Radio, and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you for tuning in today to Military Network Radio. You can find our show at our website, www.toginet.com forward slash Military Network Radio. Also, www.militarynetworkradio.com and in iTunes under Military Network Radio. 
Join us next week when we bring you another program to enhance 